My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing on a daily basis. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. And I have a great guest with me today. I actually saw her story um, in an article I was reading a few days ago and was really intrigued by it. And so I asked her if she would uh, join us for an episode. Her name is Melissa Stotts. I'm going to let her say hello and tell you a little bit about herself. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi, Karen. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's not a problem at all. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I know you're a teacher, right? Just just a little a little information you'd like the audience to know about you. Sure. Yep. Um, so I am a fourth grade teacher in Burlington, Wisconsin. Uh, this is my hometown. I was born in Chicago, um, went to school in Boston, then lived in Chicago after college, um, and now I'm back in my hometown where I grew up. Um, I live with my husband and my two little boys. My youngest um, is one, and then I have a four-year-old who also attends the school that I teach at. Great. Thank you so much for that. Little ones, my goodness, I remember those days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah. So I just want to tell the audience a little bit about why I reached out to you. So I was reading an article, and it talked about a lesson that you chose to do um, to just discuss Black Lives Matter with your uh, students a little bit after hearing them discuss uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake um, by a white police officer in Kenosha, which is, I guess, is it about 30 miles from you? Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, about 35, 40 minute drive. Okay. And so you said you heard the kids, I guess, talking about it a little bit. So what kinds of things were they saying about, um, you know, what had happened on that day and what were you hearing them talk about? So I was mostly hearing them just kind of talking more about Kenosha. They were talking more about the aftermath. Um, just some of them had family or friends who lived there. I heard just comments about um, businesses closing. One little girl had recently that week um, been to the dentist, and she goes to the dentist in Kenosha, Kenosha. So she said that she saw you know businesses boarded up or things burnt down. So it was more talking about the aftermath. But um, I wanted to have a discussion with them, you know, about why is that happening? You know, um, why why are there protests? How can protests sometimes turn violent? And just trying to talk to them about like, you know, when you feel I, I compared it to them, you know, when you're feeling upset about something, have you ever, you know, thrown something because you were angry or broke something? And they said yes. And I'm like, okay, now imagine that on a much bigger scale. Imagine, you know, someone that you love or someone that you consider family or someone like you, like, was just killed. And so or was just shot or hurt in some way. And just kind of that's how, I, you know, we sort of started it talking, talking about that and trying to make sense of what they were seeing um, in the aftermath on the news. And why did you decide that was something that you thought uh, was important to do? Um, well, I'm very passionate about just uh, social racial justice. Um, I mean, I taught in Chicago in two different schools in Chicago, um, in, you know, some underprivileged neighborhoods. I taught, you know, I taught in a, in a primarily black school. Then I taught in a school with a lot of immigrants and refugees. And I mean, it's just something that I've always really cared a lot about. And, um, just with what's happening in the world right now, it felt really important. Um, I knew going into this school year that, it would be something I would address. Um, I'm the social studies teacher for fourth grade at our school. So I had always planned, you know, that we were going to talk about racism. We were going to bring this up. Like 
these kids need to know about it. And then with the shooting of Jacob Blake happening, you know, right next door to us, we all have family and friends who live in Kenosha. I mean, it's so close to home that I knew, I mean, the kids, they're really smart and parents like to say, you know, we're trying to shield them from this, but there's no, they know what's going on. They're talking about it and they want to know more. Um, and our, we're a primarily white neighborhood, you know, um, our school is primarily white, but I do have five black kids in my class. And then I have other students of color as well. And I mean, it just didn't feel fair to them, like to be ignoring these huge issues happening in our country that have been happening. Um, and I, I don't know, I just, I feel like there's just such a, there's a bigger issue with the way that we teach history in our country. And I knew, um, it was important to that and it was just so close to us. I don't know how you could ignore that. Like we just, you have to talk about it. Absolutely. And did you get a sense that they did understand that, um, you know, I guess one of the things that is very disheartening for a lot of us in the struggle for uh, racial justice, yes, you do see some of the, uh, you know, things where people are throwing things or what have you, but did you get a sense that they understood the larger issue and the fact that obviously a lot of times these protests are very peaceful and what they really are supposed to be about? I think sometimes it's, really sad when what people focus on are the, you know, small fraction of people who may be, um, you know, causing business to have to be boarded up or they're throwing things or what have you. Did you get a sense that they were able to understand as you all talked the larger issue around what was going on there and throughout the country? Yeah. I mean, I think overall, yes, they, you could tell like which kids um, had parents at home who maybe were already talking about things either positively or negatively. Um, but overall, like when we would have during the discussion, the kids were angry. Like when they heard different, I mean, we talked about Trayvon Martin, like just when they heard these stories, they were enraged. Um, and, you know, they have that still have the innocence of a child, but the way that they looked at it, they're like, that's wrong. Like why, and some of them are like, I would do that too. Like, I would want to break things. Like, I would be so angry. So they, and we talked about the news and I said to them, you know, what do you think they're going to show on the news? Do you think they're going to show people just, you know, very peacefully marching or walking? Or do you think they would rather show like the one building that's burning or someone throwing things, you know, and they all, all the kids are like, well, yeah, everyone wants to see that. That's, that's what people, people watch. And so we tried to really talk about like the bigger picture and, you know, that's, there's much more to what's going on than violence. Like there's so many peaceful protests and, you know, they've, uh, they've heard the standard, they've heard about Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, they all draw back, drew back to that. And so, you know, we had discussions about history and how peaceful protesting has been such a uh, important part of our history. And so I do feel like overall, um, they definitely took away like a much bigger picture of um, this movement. And they, they all knew as well. I mean, they already knew Jacob Blake's name. They all, they knew, they knew about what was happening. It wasn't, wasn't new to anyone. And where did you draw from your material? Like I saw some um, pictures or excerpts of it on the article I was reading and it looked like it was very age appropriate. So where were you able to find some of that information to kind of break it down for elementary school kids? So I first used a book um, called A Kid's Book About Racism. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with 
they they have a ton of awesome books um a kids book about depression a kids book about divorce just a lot of like um tough issues they put in kid friendly language so i own that book personally like for my kids and um i knew when i took the position this year um, teaching fourth grade, I'm like, I knew I would bring that book into my classroom at some point. I didn't quite expect it to happen in my first week of school, but um, I knew that that was going to be something we would use. So that's how we started the lesson, just kind of talking about racism and how, you know, some people believe racism doesn't exist anymore. And we just kind of dove into that. Um, and then I found the the actual worksheet that talked about, you know, the movement and how Black Lives Matter started um, on a website called Teachers Pay Teachers. A lot of just it's a bunch of teacher made resources. And I it was kind of an impromptu lesson. Um, I decided it, you know, the night before um, as I heard, you know, kids talking about it. I thought this is something that I need to teach tomorrow. And so I just kind of spent my night searching online, trying to find some resources that would be appropriate for the kids. And um, that's what I ended up finding. I never, you know, expected it to go be blasted across the country on the internet. But um, yeah, that's, it was, it was very last minute, just kind of trying to pull something together that would um, be appropriate, but still talk about, you know, the bigger picture and what was happening. And overall, how do you think the lesson was received by the students? You know, what kind of questions did they ask? What, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about how as you tried to break it down for them, what they were saying, but what overall did you feel, you know, did you have a hard time getting them to talk? Were they eager to discuss it? Um, They were very eager. So I, because of COVID, we have three fourth grade classes at our school. And because of COVID, we split them up into smaller groups um, so that because we are in person, um, so that they can be more socially distanced. So I was actually teaching the same lesson five times um, in the same day. So I had five different groups of kids with about like 10 kids in a class. So there was a small group and it was in August. So it was beautiful weather. So we went outside and we were just kind of sat in a big circle outside. And um, it was really just like a conversation. You know, I started it with the book and I led like, you know, I had prompting questions, but the kids really carried the conversation. Um, They had a lot to share. They had a lot to say, a lot of questions. I mean, every group was different um, with the direction, like the conversation went, but overall, everyone was super involved in it. Um, I had a couple kids, you know, I I was really new to these kids at the beginning of the year. It was my first week with them. Um, So I was still learning a lot about them, but I had one student who at the beginning of the year, I mean, his head was down every day. He didn't want to participate. And this lesson, he was sitting right next to me and he just like did not stop talking. Um, so the kids, I mean, they were very interested and just they had a lot of input um, on on everything and a lot of frustration with things. And I mean, just some of the, I, I kept telling them, I wish that um, the, you know, the community community could listen to you. I wish the country could listen to you because the way you guys talk it's the way we should all think. Um, it's just, you know, that's wrong. And this is how you should treat people. And they just know they're so wise um, at such a young age. So they, but they really did overall such a great job um, with participating and they seemed really interested. 
And how long um, after you did the lesson uh, before you started to hear that there were people who, um, quite frankly, didn't appreciate uh, you teaching that subject matter, having that lesson with them? How long did it take before you, you know, you started to hear rumblings that there was an issue? Um, a matter of hours. Um, so I taught it. I coach high school cross country. So I left right after school, grabbed my kids, and we went to a cross country meet that I was coaching. Um, so then we got home probably around like seven o'clock. We were eating dinner, and one of the other fourth grade teachers, my coworker, gave me a call and said, "Hey, you have to get online. You need to check out. Like someone posted your lesson. People are going crazy." Um, so yeah, a couple hours after school ended, it had been posted on a neighborhood buy sell trade site on Facebook um, that has like 40,000 people in the group. But I mean, someone just posted the worksheet and had like written no across it and with some nasty message about how I was like indoctrinating the children at Cooper and that's my school and just ever, I mean, the whole, it was blowing up. Like <laughs> And so it did not take long. I, I figured I'd have Maybe like a parent email me or something, but I was naive. I had no idea it would turn into this. And and what was your first gut reaction when you saw that it had been posted there? And what types of things were people commenting back from what the, they posted? Um, I mean, immediately def- my stomach definitely dropped, um, like filled with a lot of dread. That's for sure. Um, I mean... I I never was super concerned about like my job per se. Like I knew what I did. I've never felt that it was wrong. Um, I've always known like I was on the right side and I kind of just always had that in my head. Like, what can they do? Like they can talk to me, they can ask about it, but there's nothing wrong with teaching kids that racism is bad and that every single student, every one of their lives matters as much as the other. And so I knew I, I had that in the back of my head this whole time. So that kind of like gave me, um, I wouldn't say confidence, but it made me, I don't know, feel a little better. Um, but I just, I started reading through the comments and I couldn't, I couldn't read them all because it was very clear um, after looking at them that there were just some awful things being said, very nasty. Co- I mean, just super racist comments, people saying like, things about me personally, calling me a terrorist, um, that I'm mentally abusing children, that I should never be allowed near children. How could I possibly be a teacher? Just all these things. Um, and then just people, um, attacking, you know, Black Lives Matter movement saying it's Marxist or just a bunch of things that I'm sure are all over the internet and other places as well. But I just kind of couldn't believe, um, how quickly so many people in our community had all these nasty things to say. And it was really disheartening. Um, I kind of read that and I'm like, how do I live here? What am I doing here? Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty sad to see. And I was going to ask you that because you said you grew up here, right? Yeah, I did. I grew you up, did. I and so how did that make you feel? I'm sorry. What did you say again? I, I didn't mean to put you I, No, I was going to say I moved here when I was a baby. So, I mean, I, all I remember is growing up here. Gotcha. And so, you know, you, you, you addressed it a little bit saying that you're thinking, how in the world could I live here? But um, 
you know, really deep down, what, how, how did it make you feel? I mean, I know you said you thought you would get a call or two, which, you know, you, you would expect, but to hear those types of comments from people or a community that you've grown up in where you maybe thought, you know, I, I guess one of the things that I've said before, and perhaps you can elaborate on how you feel is that, you know, the unrest and the hatred that has been spewed over the last uh, several years has taught me that some people that I thought I knew, um, I didn't really know, you know, I've seen sides of people that I just didn't believe, you know, I almost couldn't believe it. So is that kind of what you were feeling as this started to kind of take on a life of its own? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's been, yeah, it's been really tough. Definitely seeing some people's true colors, losing some relationships um, with people. And I mean, I've always known, um, that I live in a fairly conservative town and I knew I have differing views from a decent amount of people. Um, I just kind of didn't know like what an extreme there was. Um, it's in, I think you're right when you say that it's just like all this hatred that's being spewed like at a national level and it's making it acceptable for other people or people feel it's acceptable to speak to one another in that way. And it's just, it's, a little, I don't know, it's bizarre. And um, I just, I, you know, when I was teaching in Chicago, that I would have never thought twice about teaching this lesson. Um, it would not have even crossed my mind that it would be an issue. And coming here, and when I was planning to teach it, I knew, okay, like, yeah, there might be a little pushback, but I really, you know, never would have, never would have expected this. <laughs> And I know from the article that I read, there were a couple of parents, you know, one mom who said her children came home and I, it, it must be a few of your students of color, black students in the class. And they were just like bubbling over with excitement about the lesson and about, um, you know, what you all talked about that day. So have you had very many people uh, stand up and say, hey, you know, you guys are acting like she was teaching them. I don't know, some <laughs> crazy doctrine or something. I mean, we're just talking about the fact that racism is not is not right and that we should be kind and see everyone for who they are and appreciate everyone. So uh, did you get any of that type of encouragement or was it the vast majority of it was a lot of hate speech? Um, definitely got a lot of encouragement. I would say, so at the very beginning, um, there was just a lot of hate. Um, but the first that first night when it got posted on Facebook, um, a mom reached out to me, and we hadn't even met yet. I mean, with COVID, especially parents aren't really allowed at the school much, so we hadn't even met. And she emailed me, and she has a black son in my class, and just a really kind message of encouragement and saying like, "I'm sure you've seen the you know the crazy things, the hateful things being said on Facebook, and I just want you to know like I do not fall in that category. My son was so happy, like she told me all about it, and it like made me start to tear up reading it because it was such a juxtaposition of what I had just been reading um so that was amazing to just have someone support immediately um kind of reassuring, yes, you did the right thing, like this wasn't you didn't do anything wrong um I would say at the beginning, I didn't get a ton of support. I had a few parents reach out um, in support, but I was brand new to this school this year. Um, so like the staff, a lot of the staff didn't know me well yet. 
Um, so that was a little, I don't know, awkward. Um, and when my superintendent originally put out a statement, he put out a statement the next day after speaking with me and my principal, um, he, he, I didn't get like reprimanded or anything. And he said he was going to try to be supportive while also trying to, you know, put out the flames, but his statement came off, um, definitely not supportive of me at all. And basically kind of just saying I took a individual, you know, it was an individual decision and they, they incur it wasn't part of the curriculum and they encouraged staff to never um, talk about anything political or religious. So basically making it sound like what I did was political. So after that, there was definitely a lot of hate. And I mean, with speaking to him, he said that was not his intention. Um, but I think a lot of people read it that way. So at the beginning, it was hard to come by support. But after, um, you know, a little time went by and I started to get more support from the administration. And then um, a reporter in our town did a news article and I agreed to be interviewed. So after that came out, I started seeing a lot more people um, reaching out. We had a school board meeting and where that's kind of where everyone came to shout at each other. And I was really nervous about it, um, about, you know, who was going to be there. And it turned out that there was way more support than people there um, who were angry. So that was really, really encouraging. Um, so after that, I feel like things kind of started to turn around and um, I started seeing a lot more support from people in the community. Yes, I'm going to ask you because I read his initial statement and um, as an outsider, just kind of reading it, it, it didn't come off however he was meaning it to come off. I mean, yeah. that, that that's not what I would have gotten from it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, so how has it been? How, well, first, what was that school board meeting like? Because from what I read, I don't know, was it on the agenda originally or was it one of those things where, you know, here in our in our area, you know, people can come up and make general comments about whatever to the school board? Uh, when it's open for uh, public comment. So was it on the agenda or did you just kind of get a, a rumbling or heard that people were going to be coming to discuss it? Um, it was not on the agenda. So what happened is right after it, you know, this whole lesson went public, um, a couple people in the community started a Facebook group. Um, and it was basically just a hate group against me trying to get me fired and, um, I had a few friends who managed to get into this group. It was a private group, but they, you know, were able to get in and um, kind of spy for me. Um, and they were in it for about a month before they got kicked out. Um, but so they were constantly sending information and I was passing that on, you know, to the school, um, to the superintendent and such. And so they were making on in this group, it was a big deal like that they all were coming to this this meeting and they were all going to demand that I be fired and that we should not be teaching about Black Lives Matter or racism in schools and so um, we knew it was going to be a big event um, and so then I'm actually part of um, an anti-racism coalition in Burlington. Uh, I was a part of that before I took the teaching position in Burlington and I have a lot of support in that group and they've been amazing. Um, so we kind of put out a call to action to the community asking, you know, supporters to also come to kind of combat the hate that was going to be at the meeting. So 
we did know we all knew it was going to turn into a big thing usually the meetings are like in the library and they instead made it in the in the gym so it could be you know hold a lot of people um so we were all prepared for it to be kind of a crazy mess (laughs) and what was it like you know having that meeting um with your superintendent and your principal did you have to just kind of explain your thought process or was it just, Hey, we need to talk about this since people are making a big deal of it. Um, and has, what has it been like at your school since you decided to teach that lesson? Um, so the initial meeting, they said like from the beginning, they said, you know, this is not like, we're not here to attack you. Like we want to get a better understanding, um, why you taught this lesson. What was the lesson? Um, so, you know, I told them that's kind of the background information that the kids were talking about it, like that it was relevant. And, you know, I kind of wanted to just use this moment, this teachable moment, and the conversation kind of arose organically. And, you know, once they heard that, they understood. And they both said they wished that I hadn't said the words like Black Lives Matter. They said they're like, you know, it's for whatever reason is it has become political, even though it's not. and they I don't know basically said like the whole community is going crazy and we need to deal with this um so I kind of left it feeling like I don't know not like great but not definitely not bad either like I didn't feel like I got in trouble per se I didn't feel necessarily like supported um and especially after the first statement came out I didn't but ever since then um it's gotten better every week I would say like by the next week we had another meeting and um that the superintendent kind of acknowledged like my words were not taken the way I had hoped I'm realizing now like you know some of my bias and my statement he really kind of was owning up to his mistakes and he let me kind of call him out too on what I felt like I told him you know I feel like you kind of perpetuated some of the hate against me like people feel like you agree now and they're you know, taking even more of a stand. And he, he was accepting of that, like he said, you know, I can see the, how that could have happened. And and then by the next week, they had decided to um, put out a new statement. So it was, it took a few more weeks to actually release that statement because they were writing it for a while this time. But um, by like two weeks in, I felt like, okay, we've turned a corner. And like now I feel very supportive by my administration. And um, since then, it's been fine. Um, my principal is really great, and she's actually been really supportive throughout everything. Um, so I don't. I was very nervous that it was going to kind of ruin our relationship or that it would be awkward um, for the rest of the school year. But she's really been great. Um, so that that's been really nice. What um, you know? What was it like to really have to deal with? All, all of the negative things that people were saying, what, you know, how were you able to cope with that? What, what did you have to do to kind of really hunker down and get through that? Um, well, I, I have a lot of teacher friends who still live in Chicago who are very like-minded. Um, so I was definitely using them, um, for support a lot. Um, just kind of sending, you know, screenshots of messages people were sending me and just, you know, having other people be outraged for you um, helps. So, you know, just 
talking to people who I knew would support me and give me like that encouragement that I needed and just trying to ignore the other people. Um, I mean, I just had to keep reminding myself like what I'm going through, I know is a fraction of what black people in America go through every day. So I just like was trying to continue putting things in perspective because you know, if I really wanted to, like, I could stop this fight today and I could walk away and, you know, no one would know. Like, I could move on with my life and be a white woman in America and it would be just fine. So I just kind of was trying to, like, keep it all in perspective that, yeah, okay, people are hating on me, but I know I'm on the right side of history. And I just, I kept telling myself someday, like, I hope I can just tell my grandkids about this and that, like, in this moment, because I think, you know, our kids are going to be learning about this moment. Um, I want to be able to say, you know, I did something to try to make things better. So I just kind of just kept holding on to that and reminding myself that, like, what they were saying was just awful. And I just can't focus on that. And why do you think, what is it about those three words, Black Lives Matter, that enrage people. So what what do you think? I mean, I have my opinion. I've talked to other people about what they think. But why do you think those three words seem to enrage people to the point where they, you know, want to say nasty, vile things? Some people have received death threats. They wanted you to lose your job. What is it about it that you think causes that reaction? <sighs> I, it's, I don't know. It's so frustrating because I feel like this summer, you know, right after George Floyd's murder, like it seemed like people I know, at least on both sides of the political spectrum, were outraged and were, you know, putting out their statements and things and about why this was so wrong. And then, you know, slowly but surely, it kind of started moving to an issue that only people on the left cared about. And if you were saying Black Lives Matter, that automatically meant like you must be a Democrat or you must be a liberal. You don't, you know, you don't support Trump. I I don't know what <laughs> happened. Um, in my community, I think people definitely associate the words Black Lives Matter with being anti-police. Um, that's, I had a bunch of people telling me that I was telling kids that um, all police are bad and they should hate the police and never trust them and just all these things. I'm like, I did not say that. Um, so I know that's been a big thing here. A lot of people in our community seem to say that um, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Um, it's Marxism. Just they have a whole lot of things to say. And I you know, I, whenever I talk to people, I'm like, do you, you remember the civil rights movement, right? Like, it's a movement. Like, we're not going to see change without some type of fight. And I don't know, people can't seem to make the connection um, to it being a larger movement in our, in our country. But I don't know. I'll continue to be baffled by it. Why saying that, you know, everyone in our country um, should have equity? Why that is political. Yeah, it, it is amazing that um, in 2020, you know, I don't, I, I can't tell you how many times I've said that on some of my podcasts that in 2020, this is what we're still uh, doing um, here in the United States. And the way that, you know, I have a, um, a sister-in-law who lives in Canada and she's like, oh girl, <laughs> they're like, what is going on over there? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's, 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 
uh, it, it leaves you at a loss for words. I can hear it in your voice. You're just kind of like, why are we doing this? Yes. Um, yeah. So trust me, I understand. Yes. Um, so when you started to get national attention, how did that feel? What did you think about that? And do you know um, how that started? Um. So right after the school board meeting, that's when things kind of started to pick up. That's when we had just like some local news stations or um, stations maybe in like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, some big, a little bit bigger stations kind of reaching out. And at that time, um, right after the school board meeting, that's when I started to get the most harassment. Um, and that's when it was starting to get to the point where people were like saying things about, you know, we can find her address. Let's start showing up at her home. Let's start um, calling every day emailing every day. Um, you're going to get what's coming to you. It was getting a little bit like a notch up. Um, so that's when my family kind of started to get nervous, my parents and my husband. And so we kind of tried to like um, lay low for a bit. Um, I got off social media for a little for a little while. Um, I kind of was just turning down some of the interviews because um, I, I just wanted to get out of the spotlight for a minute. Um and then, you know, after maybe a month, um, people were still kind of talking about things, but it was starting to cool off. And then a reporter from NBC reached out to me. Um, he's from the Midwest, but living in LA. And he said that he was kind of looking at this issue in our country as a whole, like a bunch of teachers all over the place trying to teach about um, Black Lives Matter or racism and, you know, having issues. And he said he was just really drawn to our story and our community um, coming from, you know, a Midwestern state in a small town. So he asked if I would be willing to talk to him. And at first I was hesitant. Um, not so much that I was hesitant, but my family was, is, they're the ones who kind of wanted me to stay out of the spotlight. Um, but the more I thought about it and I spoke with my husband, I'm like, you know, what is the point? What's the point of doing all this and standing up if we're not going to like take advantage of this? um, this voice, you know, we can have our voice heard. Um, so he said, yeah, you know, you need to just talk to him. And so I agreed to talk to him. We, he interviewed me for a couple hours and then it turned into the NBC story, which has then turned into a whole lot of other stories. Um, so yeah, it was just, I don't even know how he originally heard about the story, but somehow he caught on to it and then it's kind of blown up from there. And do you worry that by doing the interviews, like I saw, there are several articles that have been done from NBC to CNN. Um, you know, obviously I'm just a little local podcast, but um, I saw several of them and reached out to you. So are you concerned that as you continue to talk about it, that maybe some of, uh, you know, the because I was going to ask you about that, you know, had you gotten any kind of really threatening um you know, type of, of messages from people. And so are you worried that that will start to increase a bit? Um, well, I, we, it was a little, but, um, it's actually been shockingly the opposite. Um, I've gotten hundreds of emails to my school email. Um, and I've only had two out of all of them that have been negative. I've gotten so many letters, like handwritten letters to my school there's just been like an overwhelming amount of support, which I never would have imagined. Um, and I just, I honestly am, it's blown my mind that I've only gotten a couple um, hate emails. So 
I don't I don't know what that says. Like it's just it's giving me a lot of hope and encouragement. Um, but I yeah, at this point, and who knows, maybe I'll I'm shooting myself in the foot by continuing to do the but I I just feel like at this point, like we need to get this story out because it's just we're we're just a glimpse of what the rest of the country looks like. So many other people I know are going through this. And I've had people reach out to me, teachers especially, who have said, like, I've done similar things and received backlash. And so there are – it's happening everywhere. Our story just happened to get out. How have your kids been? How were they when they came back to class? Did they want to continue talking about it or were they confused by maybe some? Because I'm sure just as they were able to know what happened in Kenosha, I'm sure they weren't blind to some of the things that were happening right there in their own town. So what what were they feeling and how did they handle it? So um, I had a few few different um, emotions happening. Um, One student, um, one of my black students, he the next morning, like first thing asked me, are we going to keep talking about Black Lives Matter? We didn't finish our conversation yesterday. He was so excited. And I had to kind of tell him, oh, no, we're not gonna be able to talk about it today. Um, You know, and kind of just dodged it. And then he asked me every day. And so finally, one day when he was alone, I kind of like pulled him to the side and said, you know, like, um, there's some people who are like worried about us. Um, talking about this, they think it's too scary for fourth graders. And he, I mean, he immediately turned to me and he's like, oh, you mean some parents are mad at you? And so he knew and I'm like, ah, yep, some parents are mad at me. So he was really, I mean, it was sad because he was really bummed and it was something he was really excited about. And so I told, I, we had like a special lunch and I've been trying, you know, I reached out to his mom to let him know or let her know so she could talk to him. And so there were kids like that who really enjoyed the conversation and wanted to keep talking about it. And then I had, I didn't really have any kids come up to me who were anxious about it, but I had a couple parents tell me like that their child felt really anxious or sad after the conversation. And, you know, there's a part of me as the teacher who wants to make sure everyone's comfortable and happy in the classroom. But then the other side of me said, well, yeah, you know, racism is uncomfortable. Like we need the kids need to know that that is, it is a sad topic. It is a hard topic to talk about. Um, so we've continued now talking, you know, not directly about the Black Lives Matter movement, but I try to bring it in whenever we can, you know, Columbus Day, like talking about indigenous people. And we, we talked about, you know, there was a Barbie video that went viral recently about racism. And so I kind of try to bring it in whenever. And most of the kids, like now that they know that's something that I will talk about with them. Like they bring it up on their own. They have so many things to say. So, I mean, I really think overall the kids want to keep talking about it. And they do, like you said, they know what's happening. They made comments about, they're like, we're in the news or we were in the newspaper. Um, So they're, they're pretty smart. They know what's going on in the world. What do you hope to see happen in your town as a result of this conversation and uh, as we go forward what are you hoping for for your hometown um well our students of color in Burlington have really experienced a lot of racism and our district has been they haven't acknowledged it um you know they were still this summer even saying like no racism we don't have racism here it's not a problem here 
and then we have our black family saying, yeah, it is a problem. Like, you know, my kids are being called the N-word. They're being treated differently by administration. They're all these things. And it was just kind of continuing to get brushed under the rug or they refused to acknowledge it. So it's definitely put things like front and center now. Um, Since my lesson, we've had a couple of hate crimes at our schools by students um, spray painting the N-word on the floor. We had something they wrote die N-word in the wood chips at my school. So we've had some really blatant racism happening. So now it's pretty impossible for them to ignore. Um, So now I'm just hoping they're going to, you know, we've been pushing for an anti-racism policy for our district. We've been pushing for anti-racism curriculum and just revamping our social studies curriculum in general. Um, And I was told that by the assistant superintendent that they're now prioritizing developing an anti-racism curriculum by the end of the year for our district that everyone, like every grade level, will be teaching. So, I mean, we're just going to keep pushing for that and making sure that's happening, and I don't think that would have happened um, had this not come out um, and been so public. Um, And just, I I just hope now when there's, when kids are experiencing racism in our district, it it can't be ignored anymore because it's so obvious, um, and it's just at the forefront of everyone's mind now, so I feel like it's going to be a lot harder for them to pretend it doesn't exist or downplay. Um, yeah, I just hope we will deal with it now and acknowledge that it exists and do what we can to make it better. Thinking back on everything that's happened, is there anything that you think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty that you would have done differently? Um... Well, so I had I send out a newsletter every week to my families. Um, I just kind of like include pictures of the kids and like tell what we learned during the week. And my intention, I taught the lesson on a Thursday. My intention was that weekend to send out a newsletter and kind of share and like, okay, we, we discussed racism in our social studies class and we talked about, you know, what's been happening at Kenosha just to give the parents like a little bit of some background information I was going to post a video of the book that I used, um, but things blew up way before I got the chance to do that. Um, So I think the only thing I would change is maybe like sending out an email right away at the end of the day saying like this was a discussion we had because students, you know, were asking questions um, and just trying to give the parents some background information because a lot of the parents didn't get any type of information about the lesson besides what was posted on social media. They didn't really get any context. They didn't get the other parts of the lesson besides that worksheet. So I feel like there were some parents who maybe were kind of like in the middle on things like feeling like, okay, this might be important, but we would have liked to have been informed of it. Um, I feel like that could have maybe eased some of their concerns. I know the people who were mad were just going to be mad no matter what I did. Um, but I feel like maybe had I gotten the chance to explain myself, um, before everything blew up, maybe it would have helped a little bit, but I mean, ultimately, I don't know. I think people would have been mad either way. So I still would do it again. Well, I'm glad to hear that you would do it again. (laughs) Um, thank you so much for your time and for being so candid with me. Your story just really resonated, uh, when I read it because it was just, um, 
it was it was sad and disheartening to see the nasty things that people were saying. And I'm sure what I read was just a fraction of what you've had to endure um, since you uh, made that brave decision to teach that lesson. So uh, thank you again for your time. I really appreciated it and for uh, being open and honest to have this conversation. And I hope uh, that you get the opportunity. Are you, are you thinking, well, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I know you love teaching. Do you think uh, staying in your hometown is what you want to do? Do you, you know, I know you feel like, my God, what is happening in my hometown, but are you hoping to be able to stay there and just be a part of whatever change is hopefully going to happen there? Yeah, I, I definitely am. I mean, people keep reminding me, like, you know, I'm, I'm making a bigger change here. Had I taught that lesson, you know, back in Chicago, while it would have been important still, it, those kids, a lot of my kids were already learning those things. They were learning about it at home and a lot of the kids here aren't. And so I do want to be a part of the change here and I hope I can make an impact here. So I will be staying unless they run me out, but yeah, I plan, I plan to stay and just see what I can do. Hopefully be a, help be some positive change for our community. Well, thank you for that. I hope they don't run you out. I appreciate it. (laughs) And I'll be watching and paying attention. (laughs) Again, yeah, thank you so much again for your time. If you have anything you want to hear us talk about here on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That's all the time we have for today until we get a chance to meet again. Be blessed.